0: Welcome to Lounge, a talk show where I, Jesse Doc Edmond, talk to the absolute best of the gaming industry. Today my guest is Alex Roberts of Bully Pulpit Games, and of course, the amazing Backstory podcast. We talk about Starcrossed, her Kickstarter, which is currently, on day two, funded, but go check that out and sit back, relax and enjoy the lounge. Do it from a computer or people can call in through the same thing, it records. Um it sounds great. Like it's a little bit yeah. more than other stuff, but it's it's worth it.
1: Yeah. yeah, if it's consistent and you're not losing shit and and also if it's easy for your like um, guest. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to make my guests do like a bunch of work. I feel so bad.
0: <laughs> well, right. Like you don't want to, you don't, you, you you're like, okay, download audacity.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hit this, press this button. Did you press the button? Okay. Do you see the little lines? Like, I I don't want to get into that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a great interview. I'm going to send you my file. How about you edit it? Um, yeah, no, was... <laughs> Yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. I, I, I just kind of you know i I come from the chris hardwick school of of uh interviewing where you just kind of you're already starting, so sure. I'll fade in at some point That's um great. and uh i I'm actually it's funny I reached out to you because uh i when when I started talking with misdirected mark about taking over the lounge um mm-hmm. which they've been doing on their own podcast feed whenever they could uh You know, I, I'd done some, some interviews, my favorite thing, but it's interviewing people is is my favorite thing. And so (laughs) I started doing some research on gaming interview podcasts. Um, (laughs) There was one name really that came up right away and that was yours, Alex Roberts. So, and, uh, and I was like, Oh, let me check this out. It's on one shot. I, I love the one shot network. So Um, and I have been consuming your, your, your interviews. Um, if we, I don't particularly want to do any video, but, um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I can prove it Not that I need to prove anything, but, um, nope, nope, that's not going to load up. Um, I mean, it gets pushed aside, not pushed aside. Like if a new episode of like switchblade sisters comes out. I'll I'll usually like I gotta listen to that now, but uh, there's that's uh, not loading up, um, but it's definitely in my podcast feed like every episode from beginning to end, um, and I have been enjoying it and you're an amazing interviewer.
1: That's great. I'm glad you've been enjoying them.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to interview the interviewer, but then, uh, so that was uh, right away I was like the the one guest i i definitely want to get on really early is alex roberts because i want to talk to her about what an influence she's been to me <laughs> here's the the next part of that um then it just so happened that you did uh at, at, was it metatopia that you you did a um, uh Star-crossed with senda and And Phil
1: oh yeah yeah that's right we recorded together oh my gosh that was a great session yeah yeah
0: with she's a super geek that is now on the misdirected mark network
1: yes good catch man that is such a great actual play show honestly like shout out to Sunda I I love I love what she's doing
0: it's amazing like it's so good it's um you know so um I'm old um And I come from this kind of like old school grand yard school of, of RPG. And honestly, I kind of got sick of it and kind of moved away from it. And then I just, I felt the the urge to get back into it. And that was when I discovered Misdirected Mark. And through them, I've discovered all sorts of other networks that are out there uh, that are, that are working to do positive things and, and be open-minded and you know I feel like this this we're in this undiscovered country of, of, for gamers um we're, oh, yeah. we're finding new voices and everything and um but look, you and Senda and you're doing so much work to just bring this amazing wonderful uh, uh hobby to as many people as they can so I thank you as as an ex gronyard.
1: <laughs> reformed. reformed no no i mean like em- embrace the grognard history yeah you know, yeah well you like that's my roots
0: that's it, it's there but uh but you know it's uh now i get to talk to very different people that you know people that don't <laughs> that don't check the same boxes as me i guess um, yeah
1: yeah well seeing the hobby diversify is wonderful and i I love that it's more accessible to so many more people Mm -hmm. and this lovely byproduct of that is that, you know, not, it's, it's not a coincidence that we're also seeing this incredible diversity of design right now and games that are coming out that are just uh, totally, totally different than anything that came before and involve different perspectives and like really at like core design elements are are just changing so constantly it makes me so happy
0: it's like it's like being in the middle of an evolution of of of, from like an old species to a new species like it's it's this (laughs) crazy thing Mm -hmm. um yeah like i feel like i'm i feel i still kind of feel like i'm on the periphery but i might i might have imposter syndrome too i'm not sure about that um well that's for me and my therapist to discuss. Um but so so uh in listening to uh you know, just kind of some of the things I've discovered and some of the questions that I have. Um yeah. so in listening to Backstory, um, which everybody should go download backstory right now and listen to all of it. We'll wait.
1: Heck yeah.
0: Thanks Smash for that back. like button.
1: Like and subscribe.
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um but uh you talk to a lot of people that um are not just printing out or you know making pdfs or printing books and like you're talking to people that are doing amazing things with like larp and like using gaming to teach people and yeah. um you know the the the, the stuff that um the, uh is it biet beyond?
1: Oh, oh, big butte yeah, yeah, yeah the um the Palestinian Larp organization see that is the perfect example of like, oh wow, different like new people get to engage with this art form, oh, right, as a result, the art form like changes and grows and like mutates amazingly um oh man they they had this uh, they had this larp where like all conflict was resolved by dance and I'm like what did that look Whoa. like and they're like I kind of had to be there I'm like what <laughs> yeah they're doing cool stuff that's and, and really amazing stuff with with kids especially
0: yeah and that's like like the fact that they're focusing that was uh that was the episode that I listened to all the way through and I just immediately reloaded it and listened to it again
1: oh my gosh
0: <laughs> um and but it was just uh, like it's so astounding to hear What's being done with this hobby that I've known, you know, um, I'm I, so I'm not going to it's rude to ask anybody how old they are, uh, but I always give how old I am. But the thing that I say is that I've been playing role playing games for at this point, oh, wait, no, I need to do math. Thirty six years.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: Um, in some way, shape or form. And to see the stuff and I, you know, I've I've done the buffer LARPs. Uh, cool. I think I, I believe that I might've suffered a concussion at one. Um, so, and, and. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. Safety has come a long way too. That's something yeah. I talk about a lot.
0: <laughs> uh, safety in a lot of ways. Like the approach to that mm-hmm. is, is very different. I've done the vampire LARPs. Uh, oh, fascinating. Yeah. That's
1: one I've, I've never done. I've still never done a vampire LARP.
0: It's, um, interesting. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And, and I've done, um, I've done a few like like one-shot um either you know weird horror or investigation larps uh here and there um and so I've always kind of been fascinated with larp I'm a, a improv comedian
1: Oh right right so not that far off
0: <laughs> Yeah it's well it, gaming and 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 improv are so close together um for you know and so I'm able to kind of tick the same boxes. Um, and the, like LARP is that kind of happy medium right there <laughs> of like, mm-hmm. here are these two things I feel like I'm pretty good at. Um, but um, so the, now I've, now I'm discovering new things through you like Magiscola and just a little lovin' and like other <laughs> Norwegian LARP uh, magic <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah um that's that, that that's one of my favorite things to hear like I'm glad when people enjoy the show in whatever way that they do, but when you say that they've like discovered something or they are open to a new idea or a new game or a new experience because of listening to the show like i I think that's one of the most satisfying pieces of feedback that I can get and I do get it all the time mm-hmm. it's It's often about like larp in general, but sometimes it'll it'll be more specific than that and people will say you know I I never I had no idea that kind of gaming existed or I wasn't open to that before and now I think maybe it's cool um, or I mean there's I, I've gotten like in progress designs from people because they feel inspired to design mm-hmm. as a result of of listening to my show and and to be honest like the credit for that really goes to my guests you know they're the ones who present their amazing ideas and their amazing work. Like if they're not doing that stuff, then I can't promote it. Um, Doing that is just really my pleasure.
0: Well, and that's like, like as one of the reasons I, one of the other reasons I want to do this is I, I, I wanted to spotlight somebody that was also interviewing and like kind of talk about the philosophy behind that a little bit as interviewers. Our goal is to, make that guest who is taking time out of their day to talk with us you know not make them come off well or anything but but allow them to 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 communicate something and that they may not have had a chance to through whatever focus they've they've chosen so um yeah yeah i was gonna say something more in my brain uh (laughs) at 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 a slight snap snaps collapse um,
1: well, actually, you've reminded me of something interesting um one of the places that I looked uh for inspiration, i guess in terms of being a a, a good interviewer you know or or refining my interview style mm-hmm. uh there was a short run podcast called the Turnaround in which jesse thorn uh who's involved with like the oh, max yeah. fun podcast network yeah um he interviews interviewers, so, like, very famous interviewers. He had, you know, Kitty Corrick and, uh, oh, what's that, Larry King, um, like, people who've been doing it a really long time and are very really well-established and experienced, uh, and all across the spectrum. Um, and I, it's, it's such a great podcast if you want to learn about interviewing because, um, uh, and I, I don't think Jesse Thorne is an amazing interviewer, which is kind of funny. Uh, but but what's great is that he has uh, semi-standard questions uh, for for everyone. I mean, he asks many of the same questions, which is, is good when you're doing a format like that. And every single person, all, all of these successful, you know, media people, they all answer it completely differently and they're completely sure of their answers. Like, uh you know, you can say like, well, you know, research is really important, right? And if you ask, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name, that NPR, uh, Terry Gross. Terry Gross is like, she has, you know, research assistants and she will just like read and read and read and read and, and, you know, do a ton of work every week uh, to to talk to her guests and to feel like she is very informed. But then... uh, Honestly, like lots of other people would answer and be like, oh, no, it completely ruins it if you if you come in with all this other knowledge. And believe it or not, my favorite episode of that podcast, if you want to check it out and just listen to one episode, honest to God, listen to the Jerry Springer episode. Really? Um, Yeah, I'm not kidding. He is such an interesting dude and like his perspective on the show and the point of it and what it is and what it isn't is so interesting. And I didn't know this, but um, he goes to the show and they give him like an index card that just has the guest's name on it. And he doesn't know anything about why they're there, what they're going to find out or their story or anything. So, uh, so yeah, people come on and he just has a card that says like Bob and he'll be like, okay, well, Bob, tell me about your situation. <laughs> and there's two reasons um, that he gave for that. And, or or actually one of these might be Larry King's reason because he also does very minimal research, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, and wants to go into it fresh. But what they both said was like, I want to A, have an honest reaction mm-hmm. uh, to what people are are saying. And B, put myself in the place of the audience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I want to be asking the questions that the audience is wondering. Um, and that's so interesting because it's so different from my approach. Like I I do as much research as I can. Mm-hmm. If I don't have time to do as much research as I want, I get really antsy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, it, it's kind of like prepping as a GM. Yeah, You know, like when you first start, you do like heck tons of it. And then over time, you kind of find the balance, <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I one like i everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, that's also me um, <laughs> yeah. it it was funny because uh in in researching for this um i uh i I was reading a lot about Starcrossed, um and the thing I wanted to find out because that's with with bully pulpit. Um, I wanted to see if you did anything else, and I searched in a few places and i, I couldn't find if you had done anything else um so uh so is is starcross your first game
1: so uh technically no, I actually have um a little game that I wrote a long time ago and just recently got published um when Pelgrane press uh Shout out to Paul Gray Press, Cat mm-hmm. uh, and Simon, you guys. Um, when they reprinted the hashtag feminism anthology, which is a collection of uh, nano games that are semi live, you know, they're kind of LARPy, but they're very approachable. You can tabletop them. I have. Uh, and they're all, uh, it's it's a wonderful collection, right? Yeah. And, and all on the subject of feminism. So uh, they did the second printing and um, are publishing it now. Uh, So when they did that, they kind of wanted to do this little like, okay, well, let's do something extra. So there's a PDF supplement that is six new nano games. Uh, The other ones are by, Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Autumn winters, uh, which I think it was her her first game. Um, Caitlin bell, who it was not her first game. That woman is prolific. Uh, Me and Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the last person, but anyway, some other genius. And, uh, and then I have a game in there, too, and um, and it's called Hug Punks Live, and it's actually a live action adaptation of uh, my favorite video game of all time, possibly, up there with Final Fantasy VI, called Hug Punks, uh, which is by Merit K. You can find it on her website, and it's just about like going around and like hugging people who want to be hugged and like hugging kitty cats and like flowers raining from the sky uh, and listening to like a cute song while you're doing it. Um, And it's, it's a very, very good game. It takes like five minutes to play. Not even uh, totally check it out. So anyway, so I did a live action adaptation of that right after playing it um, having never LARPed in my life. And then when they were doing the supplement, Lizzie Stark reached out to me to put something in it. So I, Dug up that thing, um, made it good now, so it's good <laughs> instead of bad, and uh, and it's in there. So technically, that is my first game, which I kind of love that I have this little like secret gem that you have to like look really hard for. This little Easter egg. Um, that Starcross a- is. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
0: What, what um, I was going to say is that like I, I'm so excited now that there is another thing because I'm I'm looking. It, it, I was like, I, first of all, when you mentioned the hashtag feminism, like, ooh, do I own the other game that she made? But I don't. Mm-hmm. I have to, I, I'm going to find that supplement because uh, <laughs> I, I'm now excited to find that. Um, but you were going to say with, with StarCrossed.
1: Yeah, so StarCrossed, it feels like my first game in a lot mm-hmm. of ways um, because I'm learning so much as I do it. And I've spent so long on it and <laughs> it's actually going to be like this big sort of published thing that like comes in a box and like yeah. it's kickstarted and it it feels kind of surreal to be doing all of that I mean i I was in games for a few years thinking well I'm not a designer but there's lots of other ways I can contribute. Mm-hmm. You know that that's why I, I started doing stuff like production work for for Pelgrane and for Bully Pulpit, and you know started the podcast. Uh, just I, I wanted to be involved in the community without having to do design mm-hmm. since I'm not a designer. And then when this game kind of came to me and started taking over my life, I was like, oh well. There we go.
0: <laughs> you are you are a design. Well, that's the thing. It's you. You don't find the design. The design finds you, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um,
0: um, now it uses a variation of what is probably my favorite. I'm gonna say newer uh, mechanism in gaming, which is the the. I guess it's best known for dread, the the mm-hmm. Jenga mechanism. Yeah, um,
1: it's the new dice. Towers are in, dice oh, are out.
0: Yes, you heard it here first. <laughs> no more dice, towers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I mean, so hmm, let me let me back up. Uh, were you inspired by dread?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, the original thought of this game was i mean i played dread something like five years ago um when i was first first getting into games that i really liked and i mean it's one of those games where either it's not for you or you fall completely in love with it and (laughs) and i fell hard Uh, but my first thought after playing it was oh man someone's got to write the play set where you're just like falling in love you know, because that's that makes your heart pound and your and your hands shake. And it, you know, it's so similar to the feeling of horror. And it is kind of horrifying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought, you know, someone's got to write the romance playset. That would be so great. And then years passed and this did not come to, to me or to anyone. <laughs> this did not happen. I could not will it into someone else making it. Very disappointing. <laughs> and so I started thinking about it more. And the more that I worked on it, I was like, this is not a place that there is no way to just to just dread romance. Um, This is really something else. And of course, by the time I was really working on it, I was inspired by so many other games that I had to steal from, you know, Uh, like steal from the best, you know, steal like an artist, like they say. And so there was all these other mechanics and all these other kind of um modes and inspirations and everything that i had to integrate and a lot of them were from larp right and so there's a lot of larp influence in this game um in terms of certain mechanics uh, and also in terms of like that the rules are super short Mm -hmm. the rules are like 20 pages like a little six by nine booklet and that feels long to me the character sheet is like a tiny little six by nine thing with like three questions
0: on it (laughs) like
1: (laughs) like it it feels like a LARP in many ways you just kind of have to sit down because there's a tower so uh, like I've been inspired by so many things and so many people Mm -hmm. also I mean this has gotten feedback from so many people uh, and it's inspired by things that are not role-playing games too lots of different influences in my life but yeah it started with dread absolutely yeah and it was actually super important to me that i i, I personally would not have published this game unless i had epidiah ravachal's blessing and i was so nervous to send it to him which was hilarious <laughs> um but like he and i are, you know we're twitter pals and everything and so I, I sent him a very early draft of the rules, and he he wasn't just like, "This is acceptable, I will allow it." <laughs> he was like, he was like, "Oh, this this looks so great! Ah, oh, it's totally rad! Yay! I wish you the best! Hurrah!" And he like wrote this really really sweet blog post about it too after we announced it, and like, so it, he he's been really lovely. He totally gets it.
0: That's fantastic. It was funny as you're describing that I got this mental image of you angrily stomping onto a stage in front of a whole bunch of game designers throwing star crust on the ground and saying you, you all should have made this. Well, I did it for you. Yeah,
1: pretty much. That'll be my any. Speech. <laughs> Drop the mic.
0: That's fantastic. Oh my God. Oh my God. Please do that. Um, is it now so it it's not in kickstarter yet soon though right
1: uh it depends on when your show launches so oh. our kickstarter is running april 10th to may 10th so what i don't know what what time are we
0: this will be out at, as april 3rd? Thir- wait it's next thursday oh I, I, I literally just put away my calendar. So that wasn't smart, um, but it'll, it'll be out next week.
1: Okay. Rad. So. Well then listeners get ready. I mean, go to, go to bully pulpit and sign up for the newsletter or like follow me on Twitter at muscular Pikachu. Like get hype is what I'm saying because it's coming very soon for you.
0: Very exciting. Yes, I will. Yes, I will be backing as often as I can. Um <laughs> It's usually once, but you know.
1: <laughs> but who
0: knows? But who knows? Um, yeah. I the 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 mechanism when I saw it was immediately like, oh, that, like like it was mind blowing, right? I I I had to do a double or triple take of just the idea <laughs> of it, and um, and then I listened to the the Sasuke playthrough and um Senda and Phil are are so good at like scene setting and doing character work anyways mm-hmm. and that's just an amazing um I know you have some other playthroughs that are available too right Uh
1: yeah there's a um I know the Jen cast uh did an actual play of like a, a pretty early playtest version but it's still totally worth listening to yeah. um Todd is like uh or joe is the ufc fighter named jaden <laughs> and uh, he's like just starting his career and he's like all ambitious and and rare and uh todd is his coach um and you know he's old and gruff and serious uh it's it's extremely good is uh-huh. the thing like it's just very very good so yeah if you the, yeah the chain cast i can't remember exactly when it came up but their, their run is pretty representative of the good stuff as well.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Party of Two is going to be putting out an actual play. Uh, actually, Jeff Stormer and I played uh, two um, professional wrestlers in the 90s. Uh-huh. And, like, he's the – yeah, he was the heel and I was the the face. Oh. Um, it's – yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It it was really good. It was really sweet and like kind of sad. It's but also like scintillating. Don't That's worry. Some, it, I, it'll I, be very entertaining when it comes out. I think sometime in April. Uh and then Oh my gosh, Heart Points. Heart Points, which is this super cute podcast. Um it's this couple and they they play two player games together. And it's so sweet. Like they're just really cute and good. Um, so they're going to be doing a playthrough of StarCraft, which I'm looking forward to people listening to. Um,
0: That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I'm. those all the all these. I've already added, uh, uh, one subscription, so I feel like I'll be adding more <laughs> subscriptions uh, when I when I listen to this. Um. So, for for anybody that doesn't know, StarCraft is is a story, uh, or where, where you tell a story of two people that are falling in love but shouldn't or, or can't for whatever reason, the world wants them to stay apart. Um, and it, it it uses a Jenga part, uh, tower to represent the, the ongoing tension, um, that, that continues. And when the tower falls, one must act.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the tower falling representing not necessarily at all falling apart, although that does happen, but just you act on your feelings. So things that you uh, did not could not say you can suddenly say or um, your feelings become obvious in a way that you kind of like can't take back in that moment. And I know that sounds ambiguous, but when you play and you're in that moment in the story, it's always very, very clear what needs to happen. Uh, it's, it's really lovely. It's such a beautiful moment and yeah, yeah. People get really creative with the pairings.
0: <laughs> it, it, uh, well, you, you mentioned the, 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 the wrestlers and immediately I'm a huge wrestling fan. Like some people have wrestling as a guilty mm-hmm. pleasure. I'm just not guilty about it. Um, mm-hmm. and I actually run a, a wrestling podcast that we put out occasionally. So it's like, you know, I'm big into that, but it makes me think of, um, Pat Patterson, um, is a wrestler who he came out of the closet maybe three years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was around like in the early days, the sixties and seventies and stuff. And th- when you hear people wow. interview him, they're like, we always knew it just wasn't public. Like we just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, so that kind of speaks to that, that idea of like, you know, Oh wow. That's such a cool thing to, to, to approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I can't I can't wait to try this out um and uh you know I I'm excited to to see the kickstarter and and be part of that and um I'm excited to I'm excited that you're on my show plugging it
1: <laughs> <laughs> heck, heck yeah I'm, I'm excited that you have this new interview show it's I uh I enjoy actual play but um there's something about like getting into people's heads and like hearing what's behind the game and that kind of thing that, that I really, really like.
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's great, right? Like I could listen to, to interviews just, just ongoing and there are mm-hmm. times where I'm like, I feel like I should, you know, like if I, if I load up on in, on interviews um, and I never, I've, I've been producing podcasts for like five years now. And so I don't listen to, Um, there's not a lot of shows that I listen to more than one episode of. I I try out a lot. Mm. Um, And, but, but I'll put like a whole bunch of interview podcasts and I'll work through the day, just listening to people talk about stuff they like and, you know, stuff they're into or stuff they're making and, um, or, or how angry they are, which those aren't always great, but um, yeah, but uh, you know, it's, it's just a fun, it's just a fun side of it. Um, and, you know, we, we clearly share that passion. So, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that you'll subscribe to mine because I'm hoping. That yeah, you of course. Post-
1: I'm, I'm excited to, I mean, who else do you have, uh, lined up? Can we know? Ooh,
0: do we know? Uh, Well, I, uh, I'm working on some, some ones. I don't, I'm hesitant to say who I'm working on because if I don't oh, get sure, it, then sure. yeah. But yeah, don't um, worry about it.
1: I understand too. I, I always like. Sometimes I want to tweet about an interview because it was, like, so fun. Or I want to say, oh, my gosh, we talked about this. You guys are going to love it. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm like, what if something horrible happens and we can't <laughs> release the episode? Which I don't even know what that would be, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> just call me in or, like, destroy the tapes. <laughs> uh, delete the files. That's I fun. Which, you know. And, and if a guest did that, I'd be like, yep, gone. No questions. Don't worry. Of course. But it uh, it has not happened. so. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and like uh um the the last episode, this week's episode that we are in right now, which is not the week that peop listeners are listening to, uh listeners, you are time travelers, um, that was uh, uh Liz uh Chiprendicon. Oh, yeah, I have heard. Oh, Chipredical.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, and uh we talked um and and that was out this week. And, and then this is you're going to be the third episode. And the first oh, episode cool. was uh, Sean Patrick Fannin. Oh,
1: cool. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What did you two chat about?
0: Uh, Well, uh, our love of the 1980s G.I. Joe comic books as opposed to the uh, animated series. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Is that
1: are are such things on the table? Can I talk?
0: About oh, it's a it's a huge <laughs> debate.
1: My weird? Oh, OK. Oh, there's a debate.
0: Oh, yeah. Cartoon or comic book. Yeah.
1: Oh, I see.
0: It's a, it's is, a,
1: is there like competing Canon or merely quality?
0: Totally different Canon. Okay. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, to, 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 uh, to many, uh, a very different quality. Um, but, uh, the, the <laughs> whole thing, I don't want to get too in the woods on, on the podcast where I'm interviewing you, but, um, the the guy that wrote all the file cards for the toys also wrote every issue of the comic book series from Marvel. And okay. he was ex Army. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: And I met yeah. him and he's this this uh little guy, um, Asian, uh, and he is he's this the smiliest most like like warmest person you'll ever meet but there's something mm. very terrifying about him and everybody says that um <laughs> Emma? so anyways that's uh
1: <laughs> the dark undertone of a gi joe because i i've never read a gi joe comic and i've seen one episode of the of of the gi joe cartoon mm-hmm. and it was uh, amazing in its uh And whatever, this is going to ruffle some feathers, but like horribleness, like it was just so bad. And it was like, so as an adult watching a cartoon like that, it's so hard to keep track of things because they just have (laughs) to like get as many toys in front of you as humanly possible. Right. right? So it's just like cut to the we got, got to put the plane in there. So cut to them flying in the plane to the submarine and uh, then get them in the base. But then they have to go to the bad guys base and cut over to the bad guys in the bad guys plane uh, introduce this new character. He's on screen for like eight seconds um, <laughs> and then happy ending. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs>
0: like- <laughs> what, what just happened? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny because um, that GI Joe is, is, was, it was weird because I've never been like, gung-ho military or anything like that but G.I. Joe had this different kind of know, approach to that whole concept and then like after a while the the company it was Hasbro making it decided to just go super weird on it and then I was oh. like now I'm all in like <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> you get super weird everybody all the other kids were like this is stupid now I was like no give me weird aliens and stuff like that
1: um, yeah yeah definitely
0: but um, one of the things that was interesting about that is that that got me into reading about stuff, like reading background things and everything. And I was yeah. in the comic books and I started reading all the like the handbooks and everything. And that got me uh, into the idea of of getting into the background of these characters. And then I got bored with that and I started studying comic book creators in the history of that industry.
1: Right. Yeah. When you eventually get into the meta, like I find that um, I, I, I find that more interesting a lot of the times than getting into the sort of increasingly c- complex um, universes, especially when that complexity is so uh, like so economically driven. Absolutely. Right? Like we have to make it more complex because we need to sell more guys. So we need to put more heads on the same uh, action figure body uh, so we can sell more, you know. So she's got a new hat or whatever it is. So I, I find that jarring and just kind of like, bleh, you know, it doesn't interest me. That was certainly the case for transformers. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy the original cartoon. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of fun with that. Um, Even though, I mean, it's, it's very similar to GI Joe yeah. in a lot of ways, but I think it does. I mean, GI Joe is just this, like the military is cool and fun, but I, I think Transformers very accidentally uh, oh, I, I don't know I, I, I can't I can't describe authorial intent to something like this or mm-hmm. to, possibly to anything but it, it does kind of a good job of just putting together this like Cold War narrative mm-hmm. where it, it's just and, and com- a completely like one sided Cold War narrative where it's like well over there Those are bad guys and they're really bad. And over here is just like good guys. And there are resources that both of us need. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when they go after the resources, they're going to use it for bad things. So we have to go and make sure that we fight them so that the resources are used for good things. Good being whatever our ends are and bad being whatever their ends are. And, and that just goes on and on and on. They become completely trapped in it. And I mean, (laughs) I I could start like you you've seen the Transformers film right
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah the dark side of it like like it's it's oh yes yeah Mm -hmm. it's by the way what you're reading into having read interviewers from the creators and sought out like Mm -hmm. what they've talked about that was purposeful Mm -hmm. um and and there were times where they wanted to introduce more ideas of like well who is really the right side like you like introduce this kind <laughs> of darker side to to the hero characters and mm-hmm. you know like wait maybe you know um that's it's that that whole that whole era the 80s era that we we sort of uh look at right now and 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 laud like there was a lot of weird stuff going on under the oh, surface yeah, of it
1: all of it right because it's this sort of reagan era um you know a relaxation of first of all like regulations about what you could and couldn't market as children's television right there used to be laws being like you can't just make it a a toy commercial and then reagan was like i don't know we're gonna sell a lot of toys snip log on (laughs) and so and that's where you have these things coming from right and I mean, other people have said this better than I have, but the sort of like post Star Wars, let's make a whole universe of it, because then there'll be more guys thing is interesting. But the the narrative of something from the 70s, it, you know, which is this sort of, I don't know, massive archetypal, like, mm-hmm. it's it's still very black and white, good and bad, but not in the not in the way that something from the 80s could be right. And you know transformers also because it's all about energon right it's all about like either protecting this and this source of energon or getting the energon making sure they don't have it or whatever it's it's this obsession with not only a resource but with scarcity yeah right and that scarcity and and, like they're constantly just like walking around doing their shit like it's fine i i I haven't seen an episode where they're like oh we're all gonna die because there's not enough energon it's usually just like well there's some and therefore it should be ours and so it, you see the way that scarcity is a product of the way that they've like divided themselves. Yeah. Right. The only reason why it seems scarce is because th- there are bad, th- those bad guys and us good, good guys. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't believe it sometimes
0: well, it, <laughs> to it, it, see it's, it
1: over and over again.
0: F- part of that might be economical too. Like it's almost like, well, we could put an arc in here where it explains why we, why they need, why both sides need this, but then we'd have to explain it every, up. Eh, they just need it. They'll accept it. I, I, I don't know if that's the, that's, that's a thing I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: now, I think it's, I, I think narratives like that do not need to be intentional. I, I think that may even be what people really think about resources, right? Yeah. We think of them as scarce and we think of like, we're super focused on non-renewable things and, and Energon seems to be non-renewable from what we can tell.
0: But they find a lot of it. <laughs>
1: it's, it's everywhere it's on everywhere. earth
0: for some reason. <laughs>
1: it's, it's there every single episode, but it's perceived as non-renewable and therefore also precious. It's um, it's a, it's a particular relationship with the earth too. Yeah. Right.
0: That's uh, what a what a great interpretation. I love. It's it it's funny how like we can look back on, you know, and and something that was never considered art and reinterpret it, and it's like, oh, like is it art? Like at that point, like I I generally feel like <laughs> anything created becomes art. Yeah, totally. And then when yeah, any, art,
1: any anything is art, and. Like conversations that try to build boundaries around that, or that try to define that, are usually just trying to boot somebody out. So they're not <laughs> useful or helpful. Like generally speaking, you know.
0: Absolutely, it's uh, yeah, no, like anytime somebody's like, "Well, this is an art," I'm like, "Okay,
1: cool." Okay, <laughs> I know what you think now. That's good.
0: Yeah, right on. Um, it's. Uh, one of the things I love about playing games like playing role-playing games is that it's this is a piece of art that the whole idea like here's this pile of rules no matter how big the rules book rule book might be or like yours how small the rule book might be um but I'm handing it to you now you interpret it and and do something with it that's a fascinating Mm -hmm. thing to me too
1: that is really interesting the act of interpretation being an act of creativity which like it that is the case for all art right when we look at it we're not just passively accepting uh, think about like a um a painting right when you look at a painting you're not just like Absorbing information about painting, you're interpreting it always, always, and so your interpretation is is uh, you're creating something on that canvas with what the assumptions that you bring to it and how you perceive things, not just conceptually but also like visually.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: how how do you see colors?
0: Everybody sees colors differently, right? Mm -hmm. I'm drawn to orange. A lot of people aren't necessarily.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like what kind of mood you're in and what the weather's like outside, like that's going to change what that painting is because I'm I'm going to see it differently.
0: Yeah. Um now I I the 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 thing I definitely wanted to touch on was mm-hmm. how you got started in gaming in general.
1: <laughs> well, it's such a long story. I feel like it's been my whole life. Mhm um just because like you know my earliest memories of play involve a lot of like taking on a role and running around and even like having one person sort of direct what's oh, yeah. going on and just saying like you'll be this person you'll be that person and us doing that um and i was the kid who was always that sort of like director and I remember absorbing the cultural concept of Dungeons and Dragons before I had access to like the rule book, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, okay, Dungeons and Dragons is this thing where you like sit around and one person has a bunch of power <laughs> and decides what happens <laughs> uh, and everyone else like has a character and they decide what that character does. And so we would, I mean, I can't remember how young I was, probably really young, just sit around in, you know, the tree house or whatever and do that. And we would do that for hours and hours and hours. And I was always the, you know, quote unquote, GM or DM or whatever we thought of it. And, uh, you know, or late into the night at sleepovers and things like that. Uh, I remember playing with my brother and my cousin a lot, a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so I was doing that kind of stuff. Um, And then, you know, in high school, I met some people who were playing, you know, Real Dungeons and Dragons with the book <laughs> and everything uh and so i I played a bunch of three point five with them, yeah, I mean mostly we would just make characters and then it would be like three a m and we'd sleep or drink more energy drinks or watch anime or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so that was like cool. I mean, I have fond memories of that, and then in university, fourth edition came out um and you know I knew people who would g m that for me, and we played a bunch, but I was, I found it really unsatisfying, and uh, and then one day, I, I went out for a beer with my buddy Patrick, and uh, I knew he was really into role-playing games, and I said, Do you know, Patrick, like, yeah, I've been playing a lot of role-playing games lately. I think I'm just not into it. Yeah, it's just not my thing. I thought it would be. It makes sense that it would be, but yeah, not my thing. And he was like, well, what have you been playing? And I was like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. I played the old one. I played the new one. I think I know what it's all about. And you know, uh, he was the like, game. <laughs> the game, right? <laughs> the role-playing <laughs> game. And, uh, he, I, you know, I was like, well, I've never played vampire, but I, I don't think that'd be my thing. And he was like, have you heard about, and then like cue montage of amazing <laughs> games. I mean, I, I what I remember most from that conversation was him telling me about Burning Wheel. And explaining to me, oh, I know, right? Explaining to me that you get experience points, quote unquote, when you fail, when yeah. you fuck up, that's when you learn and grow stronger. And therefore you're incentivized not to take the easy path where you know that you're going to you know, be rewarded for doing something that you can do, but you're actually rewarded for always trying to do things that you might fail at. And that just, like, blew my mind. I was thinking <laughs> about that for days. I remember, like, telling everyone I knew about this concept. And and anyway, so he started this group uh, of gamers, and we would basically, like, meet once a month and uh, and play something new every time. And that was how I played Dread very early on. I played Fiasco, uh-huh. which is huge influence on me. Um, all all the games that were really big at that time. And and I even started GMing. I I GMed uh, Kagematsu and my life with master, uh, it was. Yeah. So that was really cool for a couple of years. I did that. And then, uh, and then about maybe two or three years ago, I started LARPing, which is an even weirder story. Have you heard the story of how I started LARPing?
0: No. And I feel like this is the best place for you to tell it.
1: Okay, it's good. Um, oh, yeah,
0: I'm very excited.
1: <laughs> well, so I got really into swing dance. Uh like some friends <laughs> got me into swing dance.
0: Okay. I love <laughs> which, this already. This is so wonderful.
1: <laughs> which was wonderful. Um, it was a, a very, very special thing in my life um when I was swing dancing every week. Uh it taught me a lot about myself and made me very happy. Uh, So I met swing dance people and the swing dance people brought me to this like yoga studio to do ecstatic dance where they just like turn off all the lights. And somebody has like drums and somebody's like playing a crystal bowl and someone's like chanting and you just move around completely free form. Whoa. So it was super awesome. So I met some people there um, and they were really cool. They added me on Facebook and invited me to like all kinds of cool hippie shit but also, uh, uh, I saw that one that the guy, ga- one of the guys, was um, uh, was running this LARP, uh, which was uh, an adaptation of Jason Morningstar's uh, "We Are Here to See the Wizard Cormacur." <laughs> and uh, so I, I just messaged him. I was like, "Hey, yo, I've never LARPed before. Can I come to your thing?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure. We just had a spot open up. Come on." So And I remember busing out there and texting my friend and being like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do this LARP thing. I know this one guy, but I only met him, like, once. I don't know anybody else there. And my friend just being like, if they're vampires, you can leave. Just turn right around. Just don't let the door close behind you. If they're vampires, (laughs) it's like, it's okay. So, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Just went out there and gave it a shot. And I had the time of my life. And then I was larping and then i started going to like conventions you know i went to dreamation for the first time and it was just like my world opened my heart opened and i met so many wonderful people who are involved in like you know freeform one-shot kind sure. of scenario larping and yeah it kind of just i don't know took over my life i guess <laughs> That's amazing. so uh yeah so the the last couple of years it's just been it's been really really important to me it's been huge
0: it's it's funny your your experience role playing um i think is is similar to my experience larping because mm. i did the fantasy larp i did the vampire <laughs> larp and i was like these are your options for larping and yeah. neither mm-hmm. one was like really you know the 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 fantasy larp that w- that i was doing around here when I got to the point where I was like kind of on my way out, I was playing a character that was a coward and a drunk. Hmm. So I yeah. had an excuse to either fall down or hide all the time. Hmm. Cause I didn't want to do the combat part of it. I didn't want to get hit with stuff.
1: <laughs> right. I'm here at this Boffer LARP. They all have sticks though. And I really don't want to get hit by them.
0: <laughs> How can I do this? And, um, yeah. and, and, it just people just hated me, and uh, mm. and I was just like, Yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah, and but but now, like, I feel like I'm rediscovering my love for that idea of it. And you know, yeah, I keep like I'll listen to your show, and I'm like, Oh my god, I have this idea! Oh my god, I have this idea! <laughs> like, you know, oh, I want to do this. So, um, but yeah, I it's I, I think I think part of of growing a community and, and, and diversifying Mm -hmm. a community like ours is that you allow people to try things that they may not even be aware exist. You know? Yeah. I know so many people that have the story of like, yeah, I tried D&D it wasn't for me. Did you try any other games? What other games are there?
1: (laughs) Right. Right.
0: And it's like, that's so many games. Um my 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 in route was uh Marvel superheroes. Uh
1: Oh, right, right with the um with the phase rip or yes. whatever it's called.
0: The phase rip. <laughs> uh fighting, agility, strength, endurance, uh oh, reason, intuition and psyche. Right. Yes.
1: <laughs> the core components of a Marvel suit.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, making random weird characters and I'm like, I don't know why their powers are what they are, but, um, but then like I ran that and I ran, uh, I, I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was seven and awesome. didn't really like it. And then a few years later, I got my first box set of Marvel superheroes and that was it. Like, I'm, I'm like, away I go. Mm. And it was like paranoia and. Uh, oh,
1: Cyber
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Um, Yeah. Um, So, and and like, there's, I, I feel like for so many people out there that have tried D&D and are like, yeah, well, I don't know, role playing isn't for me. Like, yeah, have you tried playing Mashed? you
1: know yeah, yeah there's a big beautiful world um and it's it's great to just have a conversation and be like well what what attracted you to playing dungeons and dragons and what bothered you
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know, like what what would, wasn't there that you wanted to be there or what was getting in the way um cuz there's a lot of people right now uh you know i think because of stuff like critical role and the adventure zone and, mm-hmm. and other really kind of big nerdy things A lot of people who are getting into uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but I I don't know if they're going to stick around or not. Not because you know uh, Fifth Edition or whatever is not a good game, but I don't know if it it's not going to deliver on what everybody wants. And so I really wonder how to speak to the people who aren't getting what they want from D &D and D, and just like you know poaching them or whatever, like just letting them know right yeah. just being like hey w- what wasn't there for you because there's enough games that there's probably something else that will do it
0: well in like when the adventure zone uh, i think it was um as we we're recording this yesterday that the adventure zone announced that they're doing uh their next game is going to be powered by apocalypse mm-hmm. um they're doing uh monster of the week
1: oh cool cool yeah
0: so it's like oh you like you're one of the most popular gaming yeah. podcast out there and you're doing something else that's so great um yeah that's i think that's something another... that
1: people will look into right and be like oh, absolutely wow.
0: monster of the week what's that all about and then and like once i feel like once you dip your toe into uh powered by the apocalypse it's like oh
1: <laughs> it's a big big world look Is at all ocean? these Is this? <laughs> um yeah there's there's a pbta for everything right? everything for
0: everyone. <laughs> well, and i think that you can also have that conversation of like okay you didn't like role playing you know what what didn't you like about it you know and and have that same part of the conversation then say well what do you like doing you know oh, i like crafts okay um you know if you have an interest in it yeah. and you like this mm-hmm. thing maybe try this you know you yeah. know i'm not saying that we should try to you know, one of us. One of
1: yeah. Us. Yeah. Like it's, it's also possible people be like, Oh, this really genuinely is just like, not for me. Yeah. And I know people like that. Yeah. You know, I know people who are like, Oh yeah, nah, I'm good. I, and that's cool. Like I don't have to be into everything. Nobody has to be into ev- everything, Yeah. but I also know people who were like, and eh, not for me. And then I showed them, uh, john wick's cat for example uh, or cats. uh yeah. yep yeah. um avery alder's a place to fuck each other oh, or yeah. um or Starcrossed actually i ran star for someone who was like yeah yeah and they played it and they effing loved it <laughs> because it had something there that they were i mean everybody's capable of role-playing sure. everybody can play these games if they want to honestly anyone uh humans are incredibly creative and and they learn so quickly it's amazing but, uh, you know, there has to be something there that is satisfying or else like, you know, life is short.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm married to a people that doesn't enjoy it, but she also, <laughs> she's, she's very aware of how much is out there. Um, yeah. one of the things that I, that I said to Liz, uh, when I talked to her the other day is that when I was reading through her game, I was struck by her, uh, her, her basic mechanism for combat. And, um. And my wife asked me about it and I said, do you really want to know? Or, you know, she's like, I'm I'm asking (laughs) you the question. And so (laughs) I told her and she's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'm like, what? You know? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, um, what I discovered, I was blown away today. I discovered that there is a version of the black hack, uh, called Mm. the bat hack that's used to play for for people to play games about minor league baseball. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> like beautiful. I'm, there's probably big... some amazing stories in there. Right? I mean, I know from people who played my, minor league baseball. It's it's buck wild. So like, yeah, bring me the raw emotion of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, like That's
1: relevant to somebody's life or that's interesting, you know, to someone who hasn't experienced it.
0: It's funny how uh doing doing this series too, it makes me feel so creative when I'm like in, in the midst of like, just talking to you. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking like, Oh, this like now I want to make all these things, but there's a part of me that's like, (laughs) I like the talking part. I'm, I'm with, I'm where you were maybe a little while ago. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a designer. Somebody else make this thing for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One of those ideas will, and I want to, you know what, I actually want to get away from this language of, like, oh, you know, games, they just, like, get stuck on you, and then you, like, are slave to them, and you have to, whatever, you know, that that was the language that I heard, like, a lot of designers mm-hmm. who, who I admire um, speak of, about games, and, like, that's kind of compelling and interesting and, and totally true of some people's experience of creativity, sure. but, like, also something can grow inside you, and it can be, like, beautiful and welcome yeah. and, like, it's, it can be nourishing to nourish something and something like that can be a gift, which I don't know, maybe that's a feminine perspective in certain ways. I don't want to explore that too much, uh, you know, or, or that, that has nuances, but like, yeah, I mean this game, like when I think about Starcross, like I think publishing, maybe there are certain aspects of that that have been, You know just a lot of work right Mm -hmm. and and uh, you know a lot of learning reading and revising and contacting this about that and figuring out that and writing that but like actually making something that makes other people happy you know something that exists in the world and that people get to engage with and they love like that's beautiful i love that it's i've loved making this game and i'm already working on my next game and i'm I I love that too. I love it.
0: Is that something we can talk on uh, about on recording or no?
1: Um, I can hint at it. I've mostly just not talked about it because I don't want to take any spotlight away from star crossed, but uh, I'm working on this card based game that is really designed for uh, a environments where it's, you would think that you couldn't role play. Mm -hmm. So like I played this at a bar, um, like on a couch I played it in a car, you know, okay. on like a six-hour car ride. But I mean it took like an hour. Um it has like variable lengths. You can play it for like 20 minutes and see how you feel and then maybe keep going or maybe stop. Um and I've played it with people who have never role-played almost exclusively. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just a lot. Um and they love it. They have a wonderful time. It's it's a great game. Oh. And the whole game is a stack of index cards. Really, and huh? and they just have questions on them. You get a little introduction and some rules, and then it's just questions that's in the, it's set in the fiction, yeah, and it's uh it's been really, really fun to play with for sure.
0: Freeform is such a good inro- inroad for for people that are non gamers to just like step into some i I feel like fiasco is like a non gamer game in a lot of ways. Um, I've mm-hmm. never successfully played fiasco, but.
1: Um, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting way to put it.
0: <laughs> I, well, I've, I've planned to do it a few times and then like things mm-hmm. fell apart um, or somebody said, yeah. eh, if I want to do this instead. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, um, but that sounds, that sounds fantastic. Um, well, I'm, I'm really excited to see that, but. Of course, our immediate excitement is for StarCraft, which...
1: Uh, be, That's right. Be... We're going to get StarCraft out the door and into the world where it can shine and be beautiful. And then I can actually think seriously about other things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that there will come a point where uh, where there will there will be a game that will just tap me on the shoulder and say, like, I want to exist now. And I'll be like, okay, let's, let's,
1: All right, let's, let's, do, let's do
0: this. It. Thanks for speaking to me, game. Is this... Is this? Am I having an episode or? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, well, very cool. Um, listen, I I, I really want to thank you for for coming on the show. Um, the this is I'm three for three saying you are welcome to come on anytime you want to. Um, oh, thank so you. So if ever you're like, um, hey, I just feel like talking about something, um, or <laughs> like I like um, I feel like. Never,
1: Got to the Transformers movie, and I really feel like we need another hour to kind of really, really dig into that. So,
0: yeah, I can't wait to launch our <laughs> podcast where we analyze a minute of the Transformers movie. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> oh no, that's horrible because I could do it. <laughs> I know I
0: could too. <laughs> <sighs> oh no, <laughs> oh no. Um, um. But anyways, um, yeah, no, we could. I I feel like, uh, I feel like we could have some some great conversations. And uh, when I, I, I mean, I have made a game. Um, uh, what? Yeah, I just it just was. Oh,
1: I don't design games. Uh, I made this game one time, but like, I don't really like do it. That's. I'm sorry, I gave you such an awful voice.
0: That, <laughs> that sounded. I I was like, wait, am I talking to myself? Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> Chillingly accurate. <laughs>
0: um, no, I. Uh, um, yeah, I made a game called Warlocks and Wormholes. I'll tell you where it came from after we, after we seg out of this. But uh, but mm-hmm. thank you, Alex Roberts, for coming on. Everybody, look for Starcrossed. Uh, follow Alex at my favorite Twitter, um, <laughs> <laughs> muscular Pikachu, which I had so many questions about. So next time you come on, we'll talk about that. Next time. Yeah. um and <laughs> and, uh, and
1: you, if if you don't feel like following my personal account although i highly recommend it it's good content i, I highly uh you can also you know if you just want to hear about star and and games like that uh you can follow at bully pulpit underscore hq uh they're they're my publisher um that's that's the um yeah they're putting out my game so that's pretty cool
0: they're and and they're awesome
1: yeah, they're good folks, Steve and Jason, my boys. Yeah. I don't think they would like that I said that.
0: No. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, but but go to bullypublicgames.com too. Uh, there's like the page there, and you can sign up for the newsletter. The newsletter is probably the gonna be the first people to hear about the Kickstarter. So if you really like being that kind of like first backer, kind of thing, um, I know some people are super into that race. <laughs> uh yes, newsletter. Also, I write the newsletter. I I still work for them, and I'm trying to put jokes in it. Um, more jokes, 2018. We'll see.
0: Oh, and I, oh, and also, actually, I'm all, I'm also going to recommend uh, that people um, check out the backstory uh, podcast. Um, Yay, and listen yeah. to all of it. Um, and uh, and also uh, read your articles wherever you can find them. Because as I was doing research, one of the reasons I didn't find the other game you created is because I kept reading articles that you wrote um, and they're really, really good. Um,
1: thank you. Yeah. So. Uh, if you go to hello, uh, I try to put everything I do up there um, on the blog. So I, I may be a little behind, but, but there's a lot, a lot of stuff on there.
0: Fantastic. Uh, well, thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a really, really, really nice chat. Thanks. I enjoyed it.
0: We, we had a great time. So, Thanks so much to Alex for stopping by the lounge and talking about Starcross. So excited to check this one out and you can check it out on Kickstarter right now. I also want to talk about another show from the network, Misdirected Mark. Chris, Phil, and Bob go live every Tuesday evening at 845 Eastern to break down and get inside games, Game Mastering playing games, and game design in an effort to to entertain and inform you. The song you're listening to right now is And So It Goes, used under Creative Commons 3.0. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next time on The Lounge.